A pleasant good morning to everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. September the 30th, the last Saturday in September. The next time we visit with you, it'll be a new month, October. Here's what the guest menu looks like today. Of course, Charles Edmonds is back. He joins us. Also, Tanner Spearman of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. He'll join us talking uh, UAPV, kind of give us a preview. He follows Charles Edmund. Then, of course, Willa Brown, Coach Van Petaway, joins us in our number two. Here's simply what's trending on the Coles Brown Show. Southern University and APB in a huge matchup. For Southern University, after an open week, they get a chance to keep pace with Grambling State University and Prairie View and them in the West. Yes, it's a huge matchup, but you'll hear me say this each and every week for the rest of the season. Each week is a huge matchup for Southern University. Uh, Southern University basketball, and hopefully we can get a little bit more into this, they release their non-conference schedule. All I'm going to say is this. Coach Johnson inherited that schedule, and they're on the road a lot. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Money games, guarantee games, on the road, only home a couple of times, then you'll see them in conference play. But guess what? You expect enthusiasm to be there, right? We shall see. Also, oh boy, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Damon Lewis will not be in a Miami Heat uniform. For some of you, you may not care, but I definitely care. I think there is a uh, conspiracy, tampering, all kinds of things. I'm looking high and low. I even asked my best friend in the world, did he have anything to do with this? All of the phone calls, all the text messages asking me, am I all right? What do you think? We'll get into a little bit of that as well. And last but not least, what's trending? Andrew Body. Um, he's out for the rest of the season. I just put it simply as health issues, injuries. He shuts it down for the season. Now rumors are everywhere. Will he be back? Will he hit the transfer portal? But for Andrew Body, just specifically, get well, get healthy, and we will see you in 2024. That's what's trending on the Coles Brown Show. We'll bring in Charles Edmund, and I even asked Charles Edmund, I accuse everybody of tampering with Damon Lillard. Now at the Milwaukee Bucks, Charles, I'm not a happy camper. I'm not a happy camper, and I'm going to go on a vacation about this. I may go to Tibet. I may go to the Philippines. But it is what it is. Good morning, Charles. Good morning. Good morning. I know we'll get into it. I know you're not a happy camper. You're not a happy camper with Southern University. You know, they won. You're not people not happy. You're not happy. And, of course, you're not happy with your Miami Heat. 
And the tampering thing is just, I don't know, in my opinion, <clears throat> I would say no. Uh, I, I thought this trade was probably dead in the water two months ago. You know, usually superstars go where they want to go. And after the first month of free agency, when that didn't happen, I just, in my gut, my gut was telling me that this probably may not happen. And it didn't happen. Um, so we'll we'll get into it. But I just kind of felt as days went on, you kind of felt like this thing was just didn't feel right. And, hey, he goes to Milwaukee where he's great. The question now is going to be, what what is Jimmy Butler thinking right now? I mean, he says, and he came out on social media and said, the league needs to look into tampering. Yes. Do I think there's tampering? No, I don't. Oh, I, I do. Think, I, I don't wouldn't, be, so. I wouldn't but, be surprised. Charles, I'm going to push back. No, sir. <laughs> I don't think there is. <laughs> when they say it's not, it is. And there's been cases <laughs> of it. But you know what? Miami, Miami will be all right. Yeah. I, I will be all right. And, uh, but for Portland, I wish nothing but – I can't say it. <laughs> but, but you know, I will say this, and, and I know people say, oh, spoil me, spoil me, get over it, Carlos. It just shows you that loyalty means nothing. It is a business. <laughs> Adrian said, Carlos, I tried to tell – his mom, he needed to transfer. <laughs> it didn't work before the season. Well, I guess he's talking about Andrew Body. Yeah. yeah, we'll get we'll get into it a little bit more with that as well. But um, uh, back to my rant. You know, loyalty doesn't mean anything now. Right. And, and you know what, Lillard, you had an opportunity to leave, and you helped out Portland with the last contract extension to help them out, and you saw what happened. You yeah. see what it gets. You see what it gets you, and also some reports are coming out that he said if he couldn't go to Miami, then he would come back to Portland. But you know, once that can was open, he wasn't coming no. back. So, so Portland, I wish you much unsuccess <laughs> for the next ten, 10 years. I, I still think you know, despite not getting Dame, you know, you and I text back and forth the other day. I still think the Heat are one of the top two or three teams in the East. So I, I I do think Miami's in that conference. You know, you got, you know, obviously you got Boston in there. You got Milwaukee, who's now upgraded. I, I, those are my top three. Milwaukee, number one. I'll give Miami the edge, number two, Boston, number three. They're still top three team, but, you know, for that franchise, they want to get back to the finals and win the whole thing. I think that one piece, Dame Lillard was that, that piece, and they don't have that. So we'll – We'll see what Spo and uh, Pat Riley have up their sleeves. Well, when you have a culture, it's always a good thing. They'll they'll be all right. And uh, we'll talk to Coach Petaway because now uh, Drew Holiday name is being mentioned. Um, some other some other pieces. And then when I talked to Coach Petaway during the week, he said, "Hey, Pat Riley's not going to mortgage the whole franchise just to get Damon Lillard." We'll, we'll ask him to explain that comment as well. But for Southern University, one and two overall coming off of a bye week, one and zero in conference, kind of looking at some of the statistics, rushing, they definitely need to improve, dead last. Defensively, the latest uh, rankings are out. They're actually tied with FAMU at number one, so they're getting it done defensively offensively and i'm still in the state of shock say in the state of shock 12th in rushing 
61 yards on the ground last week I said is unacceptable. I still feel the same way. Anemic of the rushing offensive line. They've got to get better there. Quarterback play, they're throwing it a, a, a good bit. But in this age, you've got to be able to be balanced. And we look, Charles, at some of the other statistics, the teams that are uh, not doing well offensively, Alabama State, Alcorn is in that group, Southern University. They're doing well defensively. Alabama State, Alcorn in the top mm, five, Southern University number one with FAMU. And uh, special teams play. We don't talk a lot about that, but also you can see improvement across the board with, with that. Now, Southerners at Arkansas Pine Bluff, and the last time that they were there, Kobe Dillon just went berserk, over 200 yards rushing. Now you flip it, not running the ball well. We'll see if they try to establish the run. And then you look at this team offensively. You could count it. All three games that they played, they've scored, they've started fast, they scored first. And then it seems like the defense is making adjustment. And then the offense, and Coach Dewey's offensive coordinator, and he's still taking a lot of heat, a lot of heat with this football team. They have not been able to sustain offensively. And this would be a week, coming off an open week, to see improvement. And then we've talked to people in the chat room. They've given their opinions. Of course, not rushing the football well, but then you got to stick with it. You know, you got to make sure you get enough attempts at it. And so with that being said, those, those are the weak points, but still this football team, and, and I said, and what's trending, uh, they have an opportunity to still reach their goals and they've got to keep pace with Prairie View and them. Last week, I caught a little bit of the show, the broadcast. Prairie View with a big victory of all corn on the last second field goal. Here's Johnny. Good morning. Today, Southern must run the ball deliberately and use the tight end. Missing in action. is there, It's there every single game. Yeah, in immediate routes. If I could critique, it just seems like it's either long passes or passes that are horizontal. Where is the intermediate passing game? Where is the backs involved in the offensive game plan? Where are the tight ends? So we'll see, Charles. This is the week, like every week, to win the week. Go one and zero. And if they're not able to get it done, if they're not able to be successful this week, you will see the temperature rise even more than it's all, all already is. You know, very seldom, Carlos, is Southern football and Alcorn football in similar situations. And mm -hmm. I think we're in similar situations when you talk about the offense. You know, last week we could not run the football against Prairie View. But Prairie View stayed patient. You talked about balance. They took deep shots last week, but then they stayed patient, took the air out of the ball, and ran the football. In the fourth quarter, when it mattered the most, they were able to run the football, get big plays. They stayed with it even when it wasn't working early in the game. 
for us, we tried to run the football, couldn't. And so that was a huge issue. And then our defense wore down in the fourth quarter. There's panic. There's desperation on both fan bases. You know, for us, it's a little bit different. We're in a little bit more of a panic mode because we lost not only a conference game, but we lost to a division rival in Preview. So that basically counts twice. So for this week, for this Saturday, it's a huge game with a number of conference games. I think the level of desperation, a level of excitement, the level of anxiety is more for Alcorn. Because right now you're two games out of first place. You don't win this game today, and Prairie wins your three out in the first month of the season. It's going to be very mm-hmm. difficult. It's going to be di- very difficult. Same for Bama State. They lost to FAMU. Um, yeah, and FAMU is rolling right now. I mean, you, they play Valley on their homecoming today. You don't know what's going to happen. But Bama State can't afford to be three out in the first month of the season. So there's a lot of anticipation on this side of the tracks for Southern University coming off a of bye week. And if I remember Carlos uh, last year and the years past, when Southern has come off a of bye week, they usually come out pretty strong. So if you look at UAPB at Golden Lion Stadium, Coach Hampton, he's a fiery coach. Mm-hmm. Probably should have beat AM on that Thursday night. Just got by Miles. They got a bunch of good home games against good conference teams in which they can stir up the pot in the Western Division. So this is a big game for Southern University as well. They can't afford to, to, to fall two out or one out, you know, because they haven't played Preview yet. So it, this is a big, big game for both teams. I think bigger for all corn, similar issues with Southern University. Our defense has been lights out, created another turnover last week, but offensively it's been a struggle. Um, we're going to play two quarterbacks today. Aaron Allen will start, but Tyler Macon will see some snaps. So he's healthy enough to get out there and we'll see how many snaps he gets. So we'll, we'll see how that works out offensively. That gives us a spark that we need, but definitely we talked about continuity, Carlos, with these new quarterbacks and new systems and all that. In the first month of the season, we're still seeing that, you know, with some of the teams in the league. Yeah, and and you know, talking to some people this past week, um, if if you did have a, like a power rankings in the conference, you know, there there are a gazillion polls out there, but if we just kind of look specifically in in, in the conference, uh, we said last week a clear cut favorite, a clear cut number one is FAMU, albeit. They kind of struggle a little bit, just 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 a little bit, but they're they're still the number one team. Jackson State barely got by Bethune Cookman last week. We had them listed at number two, but they've struggled a, a, a little bit. And then the rest of the way, you could hey now I, I would put Prairie View and them as a strong number three. They've they've gotten it done uh, so far. <laughs> And the rest of the teams, you know, they're just trying to find find them themselves. But with Purview and them, I would say they're in the driver's seat right now with a big game against uh, Gramlin State. A win there puts them in an even nicer position uh, going forward. Now, they do have to visit Baton Rouge, Texas Southern. Boy, wow. Um, you know, with Andrew Body, now they, they, they're, they're, they're struggling big time. Um, Alabama State, you look at that football team, strong defensively, offensively, having issues as well. You know, if you 
you get a quarterback that can make all of the throws and make them successful and be consistent, then you've got good quarterback play. Uh, in the chat room, I think Rube said Southern O-line is healthy now. Um, you know, they had injuries. And, and Willer had a profound bunch of statements last week. Willer Brown, A.D. Willer Brown, former uh, offensive uh Tackle guard, offensive lineman, we'll put it that way. Um, you know, you got to stay with it. You got to run the football. You got to be tough. We almost got into zone blocking, <laughs> blocking schemes. But back to Southern University, offensively, the O-line, they're healthy. Let's see if there's uh, an improvement. Because I, I, I'm still, I, I'm still worried. I'm still concerned, you know. This offensive line, across the board, got 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 to do better. And you point back to that sixty-one yards rushing that that is not good at all. <clears throat> and then and then you looked at this time last year, Southern running game was much much better. So we'll see today at four now, p.m. against UAPB. You know, you talked about the power rankings. If if I were to personally rank the teams right now, uh, I mean, of course, we know what the standings look like. I would say that uh, that Prairie View's number one, just because they've been in this position before. They've always started fast. They fizzle at the end, and that, that's you know we'll see if that happens again. But I would put Prairie, I would put Prairie View number one. Fam, you too. Wow. Because fam, you haven't yeah, been yeah. in this position. That's the only reason why. You know, it's been Jackson State playing from the front. In what? the past, we'll see how FAMU handles prosperity. I love Willie Simmons, and mm-hmm. you know, FAMU's won some, they've gutted some games out. Alabama State, a classic example, but we'll see. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I picked FAMU to win to win the East, but if I were just to rank the teams, the top mm-hmm. tier, I still would go with Preview One, FAMU just below them at number two. If I were just to rank the top two teams, hmm. What do you think, everybody in the chat room? I, I, I don't know if I can go with that one. Um, fam, you say family has never been in the position of being ahead? Yeah, in terms of, I mean, in the last mm-hmm. couple of years, Jackson has won that game with FAMU. So FAMU's had to play from behind and hope that Jackson stumbles, which they did. Now mm-hmm. FAMU beat Jackson. FAMU's in the driver's seat. Let's see how they handle it. Let's see how they oh, handle oh. it. Oh, well, and, see, I... I I, I'm, I'm thinking as far as ranking them uh, overall so right. far, just based on what they what they've done this season. Now, Purdue's done well in the conference. Then, if we look at non-conference games, Purdue got spanked by Abilene yeah. Christian, but but FAMU played South Florida, yeah, and only lost by 14 points. So, I'm I'm still confident in. FAMU, I, I would rank them number one. Now, JSU has struggled, but I would still give them the slight edge. Maybe we could debate, or maybe I have to look at Jackson State and Prairie View again. But, um, yeah, based on last year, the last couple of years, Prairie View, to your point, they always start off pretty strong. But can they finish? If you also look at the schedule, so I'm not I'm taking the non-conference schedule out. I'm just looking at conference games, okay? So that's how I'm looking at it. Prairie View has already played Texas Southern. They've already played Alcorn. They're playing Grambling mm-hmm. today. 
Mm-hmm. They only got two more games in the division. Now they still have to play teams in the East that count. So we'll see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. But right now, Prairie View has the edge and wins, and they've got tie breaks in their back pocket to lean on. FAMU. Mm. So that I mean, you have to look. You got I mean, that's how I look at it as well. And well, I, I understand. But I what Prairie View's been in this position before, mm-hmm. and so they've always started fast, but have not finished well. FAMU, they've been playing from behind the last couple of years because they couldn't beat Jackson State. So I'm so that's why I would give Preview a slight edge if I were to rank the teams just based on conference. And I know people look at the whole the overall thing, but I, I think now we can move beyond that. I mean, we you know we've talked about these non-conference games and all that, but now we're in the SWAC. You look at the SWAC games now, you settle in. That's why I would go with Preview one. FAMU two. We'll see. FAMU is going to have a dogfight with Valley. It's their homecoming. It's in Itabina. And mm-hmm. Valley seems to rise the temperature when they play at Rice Totten. So fam, you better, fam, you better come ready because I think Valley is looking forward to coming home. They've had tough trips to Chicago and Indianapolis. It's their homecoming. They're looking forward to being at Rice Totten. So fam, you better bring it. They better not play around with it, as they say in the streets, because if not, Valley will trip them up, and then that opens up the Eastern Division. We'll see how that goes. So I, again, I just will go with Prairie View right now. And I will give FAMU a, a solid number two, but not very far from number one. Well, let's see. Edwin says Charles and I are on the same page. But you know what? Here's where I'm going to push back again. Let, let's throw out the non-conference, okay, like you said. Okay. I put more credence on FAMU defeating Jackson State. Now, let's compare Prairie View's biggest conference win so far. Who would it be? It's got to be Alcorn, right? Yes. Yeah. At Alcorn, okay. yes. Alcorn. So, if I'm winning just that game and family and Jackson State, I'm going with family. No doubt about it. Number one. Yes. yes. Prairie View. Now, we can have that argument. Prairie View and Jackson State. And we're talking about just power rankings. Right. You know, that's the way we term it. But no, 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 you're not going to convince me right now that fam, you now nah, they may meet in a championship game if everything plays out. And fam, you at Valley, Charles, I'm willing to bet the mortgage almost that fam, you defeats Valley. Look, Valley, <laughs> I, I understand Valley's a feel good new coach. Everyone pulls for Valley. I pull for Valley too. You mean to tell me? Unless FAMU is just looking to come into Baton Rouge next week and have a complete collapse, it, it won't happen. Now, okay, Edwin, with tiebreakers based on division, division is not one of my criteria with the power rankings. So far, I'm just saying, in my humble opinion, FAMU, I would rank them number one. Now, you and Charles got purview number one. I want to hear from some other people in the uh, in the chat, and it's no right or wrong in this. It's just yeah. conversation. Yeah, I I stick with family. There you go, Jason. Family will blow out. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, Joseph David. Oh boy, yeah, yeah. We 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 always get into these these uh, interesting discussions. Yeah, but uh, I I don't know, Charles. You stick with purview. You got family. Hey, they're in the driver's seat in the Western Division. But my power rankings is overall. Right. 
throw out the divisions. Yeah. And then I, I did come back with, I think FAMU's victory over Jackson State weighs more heavily than Prairie View over Alcorn. Don't get me wrong, big victory on the road. Could have lost. Yeah, I, I think, Carlos, to your point, too, you can, you can put two games and compare them to one. So if you compare Texas Southern Prairie View, uh, Prairie View Alcorn, put those two games compared to Jackson and FAMU. You could put those two games together on the Western side and not come up with the same synergy that you would come up with that big win FAMU over Jackson State. So I do get your point. I, I, I do understand your point on that. Because, you, you know, another one? Prairie View and Alcorn are not rivals even though Prairie View, Texas Southern are rivals, but that FAMU-Jackson rivalry is really big. And so I, I, I do see your point on that. Um, I, I just look at just the track record in, in terms of what Prairie View's done to start the season. They've done this the last few years. So that's how I, that's why I would give them the edge and the fact that they have a very division-friendly schedule to start. And so I think because of the fact that they're playing with three in a row now, um, you know, with Alcorn and you got Grambling, they've already beaten. Um, they've already beaten Texas Southern. They definitely would have a leg up. Now, we'll see. The game of the year, Carlos, the game of the year is coming if this mm-hmm. thing continues on this trend. Prairie View at Florida A&M mm-hmm. on their homecoming. It's already a sellout. They've already put it out there on social media. The game is sold out. So that is that is going to be probably right now the way it's looking, the game of the year in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. We don't know what the standings mm-hmm. will look like at that time. But right. those two are on a collision course. Yeah, it, it it's going to be interesting, and that's why you say win the week. Every week it, it is different. You know, we can sit and look ahead, but you know the coaches. Uh, yep, yep. Joseph David, I could go with that. Family one, Purview two, because remember I said it could be debatable with the two spot and the three spot. Echo says I would take a one point fam you win. <laughs> uh, I, I'm thinking it'll be more than one point, but I get your point. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck says Miss Vaz a school that people pull for as long as they do not play your favorite team. Oh wow, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? And then last week they lost 45 to 3. Um, they've had it tough. Um, but yeah, yeah. I you you pull for them, but it is what it is. They they have shortcomings that they're they're trying to uh, overcome. Um, a, a dynamic new young football coach. So we'll revisit it. We'll come back three or four years from now and see what uh, where where they're at. And then as far as um, you know, basketball and baseball and other sports that they compete in, um, I'll, I'll put it this way: the underdog is always popular. Always popular. Yeah. Uh, so. Look, what look when it comes to Valley Carlos, I'll say this, and we have had our we've had a devil of a time. Excuse my pun. We've had a devil of a time in Itapena, but we've gone there. And I tell you what, if FAMU does not come out of the gates firing, they've got to make the first two or three statements in that game in Itapena today. If they don't. It's going to be a tough game. And longer, as long as Valley lingers around, you know, Valley's been on the road. They've been in Chicago. They've been to Indianapolis. It's been tough. You know, when we talked about that, those are games, you know, obviously games you get a, a couple of pennies for in those classics. Uh, but, you know, 
you 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 got your home opener it's your homecoming you you better believe valley's gonna be flying and fam you better be ready yes shit florida have win the game yeah but when you play around with it you see these things happen you get tripped up so i i've been around in this league long enough you have too where these things can and sometimes do happen and so i'm look fam a better team but you got to get it done on the field and and fam you better start off fast because if they let valley hang around it could be a long day in the old boxing analogy a good big man beats a good little man every time. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, uh, again, as we go to timeout, because our first guess is, uh, is waiting. Unless there's a complete breakdown, complete meltdown. If they're looking ahead to Baton Rouge and they're, they're confident, there's no doubt a win will be a win. It's a matter of by how much. But I could sit on here and say, look, I, I'm hoping, I'm believing that Valley will pull the upset. But then you look at it in this way. Then you'll have some angry rattlers coming to Baton Rouge the next week. So I want them at their best. But they roll the lock of the week. <laughs> Fam, you over over valley <laughs> on that note we'll take a timeout and um no pat i'm not taking the phone call <laughs> pat riley's texting in now boy i tell you <laughs> uh, i'm still going to investigate this i am charles something is rotten in denmark but when you face adversity you have to go on and that's what the heat will do Coming up next, after our timeout, uh, we're going to visit with Tan Tanner Spearman of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Give us a, a, a conversation about UAPB. Could this be a dangerous game for Southern? Could be. Could be on the road. We'll visit with Tanner next. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt.
Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time consuming. That's why when it comes to your auto, home, and life insurance needs, make things simple and trust the experts at Allstate. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your life, home, and auto policies. Bundling saves you money, sure, but it also saves you time so you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact me, Tammy Haynes, your local agent, for a free personalized insurance quote. Allstate, are you in good hands? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com I can say the band seems like they're in a good mood if the Alcorn State fans are not and alums are not in a good mood. But with that being said, uh, we'll visit with our first guest, Tanner Spearman of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. There he is, Tanner. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the Coles Brown Show. Hey, good morning to you, too. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're glad to have you. Uh, UAPB a team that is a few plays away from uh, having a better record with a new coach and coach Hampton. Uh, talk about the, the season so far uh, for UAPB. Well, yeah, it's like you said, they're a couple plays away from two and two, maybe even three and one. I mean, go back to the Southern heritage classic, if they don't get that field goal blocked at the end, you know, they might have tied the game gone to overtime. Who knows what's going to happen in overtime. So they had the momentum. So, and it gets Alabama a and I mean, you know, they, they were up at halftime, just defense couldn't quite hold on in that fourth quarter. So it's there's one in three. It, the record looks what it looks like, but a few more plays here and there, you know, they, it could be a very different season. But, you know, it's a, a young team with a new coaching staff. They're still kind of figuring everything out. So uh, we'll see how much better they might be able to get as the season goes on. And Tanner, with that being said, a new coach, and we often talk about a, a culture and, and trying to develop that culture within the football program. Uh, tell us a little bit about Coach Coach Hampton and, and how he's trying to uh, change 
uh, develop a culture with this UAPB football program. Yeah, that's a big thing for him. I mean, he, his his kind of catchphrase right now is restore the pride. You know, they want to get UAPB back to what it has been in, in years past. And, you know, he was on the staff when they uh, made a trip to the SWAC championship game back in the 2000s. So he, he's seen what this program can be. And right now, I think he's just trying to get these players to buy in to his vision for the program. And he, he keeps saying, you know, I think they're I think they're hearing me. We just need a couple more wins for them to really start to believe it. And so that's kind of where they are right now, just trying to get some wins on the board so that they can get some momentum and just kind of really start to truly buy into the program that they're trying to build here. And now Tanner with um, some some extra days after that Thursday night game against uh, uh, Alabama, Birmingham, what have you gathered has been the mood coming into this game with Southern University? Are they very confident that they'll be able to compete at home? I think, well, Coach Hampton says that they expect to win every game, you know, as most coaches do, and they want to win every game. Now, they're, they're excited. That's what I can tell you. You know, confidence, you'd have to ask them, but uh, they they believe that it's going to be a big challenge. They know Southern's a good team. They know it's not going to be easy, but, you know, they're at home and they're hoping for a great atmosphere and uh, they're going to come out and if and they think if they can just clean up some things that they may have done wrong the past couple of weeks, that they'll have a fighting chance. Charles? Yeah, Tanner. I mean, I talked with Coach Hampton at Media Day and he is a young whippersnapper of a coach. He is very exciting, very excited. Um you know, just talk about the buy-in so far with, with this team. And he's a defensive coach, no doubt about it. Just, just, just talk about that that buy-in aspect of it so far. As you mentioned, probably three plays away from having a much better record than what they have now. Yeah, he, he he's an energetic guy, and you get him in a post-game conference, and he's he gets fired up pretty quickly there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, you talk to the players, and, you know, they, they seem like they're bought in, but, you know, you never know what goes on in the locker room. But I think these guys – want to work together. They want to get this thing going. And, you know, in this transfer portal age, they've had a lot of guys that have left the program with a new coaching staff come in. They've brought some guys in and coach Hampton's message is, Hey, we'll take the guys that want to be here. And that's what they think they've got right now is a group of guys that want to be in Pine Bluff that want to turn this thing around. And it's just a matter of getting the wins on the board. Do do you think they understand Tanner? I'm sorry. Do you think they understand that, you know, this is probably one of the best home schedules they've had. You know, you got Southern coming in, Alcorn's coming in. By the way, for the first time since 1966, Alcorn has played at UAPB's homecoming. A brave historian told me that. So, that, I mean, they have a very favorable schedule, which they can they can stir the pot in this Western Division race, and it could start today. Yeah, they could. I mean, they got Southern at home. They got Grambling at home. Jackson State's coming here. A, a lot of good teams coming to Pine Bluff. You know, every time I ask Coach Hampton about the schedule, he says they're just worried about themselves. So I can't get a, a straight answer out of him on, on that one, but – you know, they're, they're just going to play who's in front of them and uh, do it the best they can and just try to clean up the mistakes and see what they can do. Well, well, well spoken for, a, 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 you know, the coaches coming into the program, more concerned with themselves. It's for for those who will be looking at Pine Bluff for the first time. Uh, what, what is their identity on offense or what, what do they do well? What are they trying to do offensively? Well, they've, you know, they want to run the ball. You know, they've got Jonas Davis, this uh, running freshman running back who missed last week, but he, he's still their leading rusher, averages just about almost six yards a carry. He, he's a guy that's really stood out for them in the first couple of games, so they're going to want to get him going. He's supposed to be back today, so uh, that'll be a big boost for that offense. 
you know, at quarterback, they've been kind of trying to figure it out and between going back and forth between two guys, sounds like they're looking to go with Jalen Macon for the rest of the season. So he, he's had a good, a uh, good performance for him so far. So they're going to try and throw the ball a little bit, but you know, they, they talk about in the preseason, they want to control the tempo. You know, they want to go fast when they want to, they want to go slow when they need to, but it's right now they're just trying to find some consistency because they'll have stretches, you know, at the end of the Tennessee state game where they score a couple touchdowns and the next game, they score a couple touchdowns to start the game and then they'll go, you know, silent for a quarter or two. So they're really right now, as far as identity, they just need to find some consistency and the things that they've done well, because they've hit some big plays as well. That's been a big help for them as well. And uh, a touchdown pass to Michael Jamerson last week. It was a big run by B.J. Curry two weeks ago. They're just trying to find ways to do that for 60 minutes and instead of, you know, for a quarter or for a stretch here and there. Tanner, Charles, it, we've been talking about it all year. Doesn't it sound the mm-hmm. same? Yeah, offensively being consistent, uh, finishing games. Southern, Alcorn, Alabama State, some of the other teams, same thing uh, offensively, trying to get it done. Now, defensively, Tanner, would you say that's the strong point, a part of this UAPB team? I think so. I mean, they're they're a defense that's going to give up some yards, but they've had a knack of coming up with big plays and big moments. You know, I think about uh, the Tennessee State game. You know, it's a 10-point game. Tennessee State's running into the end zone to put the game away. And they strip the ball on the one yard line. And that leads to a 99 yard touchdown drive that gets them right back in it. Miles College the next week, it was, you know, a, a one point game. UAPB's up. Miles College is driving. They get a fumble recovery that really helped them to seal that game. And, and they've had turnovers in the other games as well that have led to points. And, you know, they've had, they're actually one of the best teams in the SWAC right now at getting to the quarterback and sacking them. You've got Khalil Arnold with, I think, four sacks, uh, Anas Lupin with two and a half, mm-hmm. two of the best sackers in the conference so far. So I think those disruption plays, the the, the turnovers, the, the sacks, that's what's going to make this defense go. Is The biggest problem for them, talking to Coach Hampton today, is going to be don't give up those big plays with uh, the passing attack. If they can lock down the the coverage in the secondary and really make things tough for the quarterback, I think they'll have a, a chance to keep to, to at least stay in the game, and then we'll see what happens in the fourth quarter. Charles, the floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask, has this defense started to take the mold of a defensive coach and Coach Hampton? I just looked at the stats. They're third in the conference in sacks. So they, they're getting to the quarterback. You think those guys are bought into Coach Hampton's defensive philosophy since he's a defensive guy? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, he of course, you talk to Coach Hampton, and he's like, he wants them to be perfect. He wants them to get a three and out on every drive. That's obviously not going to happen. But, you know, yeah, I mean, the, the, I saw the defense the first quarter of the first game. You know, they led 7 nothing at Tulsa because they had two interceptions, a fumble recovery on a kickoff. They got a big sack uh, at the end of that first quarter. The defense has really been big for this team. Uh, you, I, if they could have held strong for all 60 minutes last week, they might have beaten Alabama AM. You know, the Bulldogs just kind of got that offense going in that fourth quarter. But for the most part, this defense, I really think, has been the strength of the team, especially, like I said earlier, those those big plays and those big moments. I'm visiting with Tanner Spearman of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Special teams. Um, it, it doesn't get talked about a lot. As far as special teams for UAPB, um, how have they performed so far this season? Well, I, I think they're getting better. You know, they had uh, the Tennessee State game, obviously the, the the botched snap on the field goal really cost them that game. You know, they've uh, – but they, they've started to get things going, you know, made made a field goal I think last week, uh, you know, and 
they had a, they had a big kickoff return if they just hadn't held on the play it would have uh, really helped them as well so they're really getting better as it goes on it's but like you said it's one of those things that we don't talk about a lot so you don't think about it a lot but, but yeah i think it's, it's definitely gotten better as season's gone so if uapb if they are to be successful i, I guess i'm asking your your keys for uapb if they're successful tonight or this afternoon it will be because of what well i, I definitely think with uh with Southern's defense being as good as it is, if this if Southern starts putting up a lot of points, I think it's going to be tough for the Golden Lions to keep up. So I think the key is going to be the defense, you know, keeping this to a low scoring game. Uh, don't let the quarterback, don't let Harold Blood throw all over the field and put up 20, 30, 40 points. You know, keep the, keep it low scoring, keep your offense in the game. Just give them a chance to make some plays in the fourth quarter. Uh, don't give up those big plays. Don't bust coverages. I think as long as the defense can keep them in the game, then they just need you know, a big player or two from the offense, and who knows what can happen. And, and Charles and Tanner, I think one of the keys is going to be for Southern University, last in the conference in rushing. And, and, and to me, it's for defenses. It, it, it makes the game plan, to me, simpler. You force the quarterback, the offense, Southern's passing to beat them, and, and you live with that. But I think until Southern can – you know, establish a more consistent running game, they become more one-dimensional. And one-dimensional in college football is is not good. We see it on all levels. So it'll be interesting to see. It seems like UAPB defense has started to force some turnovers. And Southern had a problem with ball security. It'll be interesting because if, if you see some quick turnovers and that leads to some points for UAPB, Hey, they're confident. Momentum is now in the game. And it's interesting, Tanner, you said keep it low scoring. And every week, I think that's what the opposing team uh, looks to do because of Southern University's struggle offensively in the running game. So it, it'll be uh, interesting. Tanner, close the comments if you have some uh, for our, our, our audience. Yeah, you know, I just think uh, this is, like I said before, it's a young team. They're still kind of feeling themselves out with a new coaching staff. And, you know, we'll see what happens tonight. But I think that there's definitely some wins on the table it, it, down the stretch of this season. And, you know, it, it with, with any rebuild, it's it's usually not a one-year deal. So mm-hmm. give them a couple of years and, and let's see what Coach Hampton can build. Yeah, well, I'm sure UAPB fan base Charles and Tanner will be a, a little more patient. But for other institutions, it's not that way all the time. Oh, boy. No honeymoon period. No grace period. You've got to win and win now for most teams in the conference. Johnny says, hey, if this game is close in the fourth, one possession is anyone's game. I couldn't disagree with that at all. Tanner, we appreciate the time. We got the link to you. Uh, we look forward to talking with you uh, in, in the near future to give us an update on University of Arkansas Pine Bluff football and uh, their athletic department. But thanks for coming on. Sure. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Tanner Spearman of the uh, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And Charles, it's very interesting. We kind of see the same game plans by opposing teams. Alcorn will get the same game plan. You stop that outstanding running back in the running game, and we say, you force us to beat us 
passing the football? And can you do it consistently? Yeah. You know, you, you can get eight or nine in the box a lot of times, but then you got to make them come out of that. And I think you see the same game plan with Alabama State, Alcorn, and Southern. But for Alcorn, it's not their lack of a running game. It's their lack of a passing attack. Although, I thought he threw it around pretty good last week against uh, against, against Prairie View. Uh, Aaron Allen in the last He's a games. better passer, Charles. He's a better yeah, passer. Yeah. No, no interceptions. No interceptions. Very efficient with the football. High completion percentage. Two weeks ago, 17 of 23. A very high completion percentage last week. He hasn't made the mistakes. And we all had our first passing touchdown of the year, Carlos, last week to none other than a tight end on a third and four. A tight end's got to get it done for you. And I, I, I talked about it with our OC during the summer, you know, Truck Griffin, uh, getting that touchdown last week, our first passing touchdown of the year. So hopefully, you know, that will continue. But, you know, speaking of continue, it's a continued downward trend, Carlos, in terms of teams not being able to run the football in terms of just offensive continuity. You know, UAPB is another team trying to figure it out as far as their quarterback situation is concerned. The defense is winning these weeks, Carlos. How long can that continue? At some point, you got to put it on the board. Now, we know defense can win championships. We know that. But it's mm-hmm. what team offensively is tearing it up right now? I mean, Grambling scored 35 last week against Texas Southern. Can you say Grambling is that team? I don't know. Florida AM. You know, what, what team is lighting up the scoreboard right now in the Southwestern Athletic Conference? It's a defensive conference for sure, right now in the first four or five weeks of the season. And I don't know if that'll continue. It might, but right now, offensively, if if you're looking for a show offensively in this conference right now. It's kind of hard to come by. We, we, we got some slobber knuckles here. Low-scoring games, 23-20. Um, defense is stepping up. So right now the defenses for teams in this league are winning these weeks. And I wonder, is it because a lack of execution and production, how many teams are balanced? That's my favorite term offensively. And then will defenses start getting tired? if they're not getting enough offensive production. And we've seen that in some cases. Um, Let me go into the um, chat room. Some very interesting comments, I must say. EA says the PV versus FAMU game will not be what you think. Hopefully our coaching staff will be very vanilla at this. And there's a strong possibility for a swag championship rematch when it really counts. Being vanilla... He's talking about against Valley, of course. And then also um, he talks about the big game coming up with uh, preview and them. Actually, he said it to the preview game to be vanilla, not to show too much because it will be a repeat or it could be a potential <laughs> SWAC uh, championship game. EA also, he also said, EA also said, disagree to quarterback play yeah. in – the conference is atrocious. I was going to address that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's been tough on our quarterbacks. I mean, this has not been the year of the quarterbacks in the Southwestern Athletic Conference through the first month mm-hmm. of the season. There's no question about it. You got teams playing two quarterbacks, 
We're going to play two quarterbacks today. Aaron Allen's going to start, but Fred McNair indicated Tyler Macon will see some snaps. Bama mm-hmm. State's going to play two quarterbacks. So how many teams in this league are doing that? This dual threat stuff. And so I, I, you're right now we're not seeing a solid number one quarterback other than maybe uh, Musa at Florida A&M. But other than that, mm-hmm. I, you know, we're all playing two, three quarterbacks. You know, maybe Grambling's found something. Um, mm-hmm. after, after 135 last week, maybe Grambling has found their guy. But right now, for the most part, it, it's been it's been a revolving door at the quarterback position in the first month of the season throughout the league for the most part. And a name that hasn't been mentioned, I think he struggled last week, Jason Brown, Jackson yeah. State. Then at, at, at Southern, a lot of the uh, fans uh, clamoring for the backup quarterback, which is also the most popular uh, on, on the team throughout the conference. Andrew Body shut it down. Uh, Prairie View and him, it seems like they've been getting consistent quarterback play. But uh, overall, EA says, yeah, quarterback play has been uh, atrocious. With that being said, let's take a uh, quick timeout when we come back. Wheeler and Coach Petaway, uh, they're ready. Coach Petaway, um, Alabama and them homecoming. So we will uh, make sure we talk with him. And then I've got the question for him. I'd like to ask him, as with you, Charles, where were you this past week? I want to look at your itinerary. I want to make sure to clear you that you're not, you were not tampering and calling Portland just to get at me for not getting Damon. <laughs> Damon Lillard. Uh-huh. I, I need to examine that, that cell phone as well, Charles. I, I think, I think Jimmy Butler's calling me, Carlos. Uh, I, I think he's got something to say. Oh, and speaking of that, uh, <laughs> Melody, a producer, I saw that post on Instagram about Jimmy Butler crying because Dame Lillard. I'm going to be in a nasty mood starting after this show. I'm going to tell you that now. He, he uh, has every right to be. J- J- look, J- Jimmy Butler has every right to be ticked off. The whole who? summer, he was, he was kind of told that he was going to get his guy. I guarantee uh, he, was, he was in Vegas. No. Uh, yeah. He, he so, was in so Vegas. Wait, 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 who, who are you? Are, are you blaming Miami management? Who, who are you blaming for this? I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put some some blame on Miami man. I'm gonna put a little bit of heat on Pat Riley on this one. He usually gets his guy. I do think the Heat let some assets walk out early in free agency, and that made that roster. I mean, there are certain players the Heat weren't gonna weren't gonna trade, and I think that roster was was gutted a little bit enough to where Portland said, you know what? If we don't get this guy, let's get this other guy. And Miami said, nope. There was a pause in the action. And then it just fell apart. I think the trade, I think that trade was dead in the water probably the third week in free agency. I think no one talked about it. I think everybody thought Pat Riley was the magician in terms of making this thing happen. And Portland said, nope. And you have to remember, jobs were on the line too. Oh, wait a Sounds like you're happy about all of this. No, no, you're, I'm not. I'm not. You're, you're I'm, I'm not. Over no, there. no. I love Dave Lillard. I think Dave has been the perfect citizen, the perfect teammate in Portland. Usually superstars go where they want to go. LeBron wanted to go to Miami. He went. He wanted to come back to Cleveland. He went. He wanted to go to L.A. He went. Superstars. Now, maybe you can put Dame Lillard, maybe not in that superstar category for some people, but Dame Lillard deserved to go where he wanted to go. And so for this thing not to be pulled off the way it was supposed to happen, 
as a as an NBA fan, I'm disappointed for Dame. I'm happy that he's in Milwaukee. I know you're not happy that he's in Milwaukee. You wanted him in Miami. I get it. I get it. But it's just the way the thing went down. I think that trade was dead three weeks into free agency. And it wasn't, I felt bad about it. I was hopeful, but usually superstars go where they want to go. And when he, when he was not traded going in August, you kind of felt that every day that went by, it wasn't going to happen. You heard Salt Lake city, you know, so other teams that were thrown in the mix. Yeah, it was exactly. So I kind I of felt like, the, I felt I like the trade you. wasn't going anywhere, but you yeah, never but, know. But, 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 but I didn't hear. And then we got to go, Oh, we got a question here. Um, Adrian L. Wilson says, why do you need dual quarterbacks in the swag? Well, that's kind of the trend in the conference, you know, dual threat. I'm more of my opinion that I like the quarterback that is a true passer that can stay in the pocket. And if trouble arises, he's athletic enough to get it done. But first yeah. and foremost, he relies on his mind and his arm and his legs last. But the trend a lot of times is in, in college football now, the dual threat quarterback. Example, and, and I'm from the outside looking in. Macon, I've heard a lot about Macon. He's a dual threat. But I will say this. His legs, number one, everything else incomplete. I'm assuming he has a strong arm. But Coach Sanders said this last year. You need, in this conference, from what he says, you need a quarterback that can spin it, that can make all of the throws, decision-making. That's got to be good. Dual threat quarterbacks, just not high on my list right now. And I've seen him at Southern. Perfect example. Ladarius Skelton, who you love to death. Eric Ramsey. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait a minute. No, I don't think. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Eric Randall was not a dual, quote, unquote, dual threat quarterback. To me, my opinion. We'll see what people say. I'll think about that in the chat room. Yeah. Um, Dual threat quarterbacks has become an asset from high school to the NFL, says Edwin. Yeah. yeah. I, but, I, but, can, I, but can they do both yeah. equally well? That is what I guess I'm questioning. I, I think, in my opinion, I think I'm going to give credit to the defense. I think defenses are faster. You cannot have a, a, a pocket passer that just stands in a pocket like a statue, like a Tom Brady or a Drew Brees. Those days Unless, are over. Unless you have terrific O-line play. And Early some night. O-linemen, um, and, and we'll, we'll ask Will about that. I, I think it's more difficult or it's you have to work on your craft more in pass protection than, you know, run blocking. Yeah. We we shall see. You know what? They've, they've been waiting. We'll uh, take a quick timeout. And then we'll get Wheeler and um, Coach Petaway in. We'll take a break. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. 
Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers voice time and time again. Conversational. Powerhouse. Intelligent and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers voice, Kevers voice, Kevers voice dot com. Always on, all the time. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton, Esquire, 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407 407- 494-1471. THamptonLaw.com. Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member.
to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Coach Petaway and it's Alabama and them attire, homecoming, Alabama and them in Huntsville, Alabama. A.D. Willa Brown joins us from a, uh, I'm just going to say a secret location. Maryland. I'm in Baltimore. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> home, home of the Ravens and Charles Edmund. Uh, uh By the way, good morning or good afternoon in, in good some afternoon. cases in Eastern Standard Time. Coach Petaway, um, once again, Charles starts uh, starts a mess in the chat room. <laughs> um, we have people that are still talking about dual threat, and I think we misunderstood the question. Um, basically, and, and Adrian probably will come back in and give us uh, another opinion if we don't get it right, but I guess Adrian was saying, why do you have to play two quarterbacks? You know, the old saying, if you got two quarterbacks, you have none. I guess Coach Fedaway is equivalent to a point guard. Does right, you got to have the, a backup. Yes, you must yeah. have a backup. Does he run the offense? Does he shoot? Does his first priority is to make sure the offense run, runs well? Oh, unbelievable. And then Coach Petaway uh, and Willow, we're going to get into you, a former offensive lineman. What do they have that's important in, in, in with the passing game? You know, run block versus pass protection. So we have all of that to get to, plus swag recap and games uh, in the conference this week. We'll, hopefully we'll get Coach Petaway um back but Charles I guess the question was why do you have to play two quarterbacks if you got a good quarterback and he's performing well I guess you stick with it well you, well first of all I think you, you need a, a backup for a spark okay so what what you're seeing right now I think is that the starting quarterbacks in this conference right now some of them are struggling so you, you play, a, you bring in a backup to, to provide a spark that you need, number one. Um, I think in our case, you have Aaron Allen, who's doing a great job in pushing the ball down the field. Tyler Macon, who's really good with his legs, and you talked about it, and you're right. He had a 75-yard run against USM. That was our first touchdown of the year. That's what Tyler Macon could do, still working on his passing. So you have that, uh, you have that extra body in there. That wildcat, Tyler Macon could be kind of your wildcat type of deal. You bring him in, you know, you got the max protection there. And so I think that's why teams might do, some teams might do that, not all. But what you're seeing right now, I think every coach in the league would love to play one quarterback. But right now you're seeing that the starters are just not getting it done for some, in some cases. So you play two just to provide whatever spark you need to get your offense going. If the starter can't do it, then you got to bring in your backup maybe that person can get it going. So I think that's that's what you're saying. I think for Bama State, I think they're probably they're going to play two quarterbacks today. Uh, I think one is probably more of a running threat, more so than a passing threat. And just like what we might see with Tyler Macon, more of a running threat than Aaron Allen, who's running the ball a little bit more because he was more of a pocket passer coming out of Tech. You saw the film on him, and last year he just didn't run it that much, but he's running it a little bit more now. So I think that's why teams are using two quarterbacks. One, maybe as a running situation, and you have another one in which she has a pretty good arm. So, I, And then the other aspect, if you're trying to provide a spark when your offense is bogged down, you got to bring in a quarterback to be able to provide some sort of 
push offensively, trying to provide a spark. In other words, poor quarterback play leads yes. to other yeah. options. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wheeler, you want to? I, I always talk think about you want to. You want to settle into one quarterback when it's mm-hmm. feasible. When, you know, if at all possible. You know, you want that one signal caller that you know you can depend on that you can do the things that you need to get done offensively. But as Charles was saying, you know, there are going to be some times when that person is not clicking on all cylinders and you need to make a change uh, just to get a spark going, that sort of thing. And so, you know, you want to you want to go to that second string quarterback at times like that. But, you know, it's, it's conducive for everybody to find that one quarterback that can get it done for you and to put your eggs in that basket and, you know, ride with them, that sort of thing. And, I, and I'll say this, uh, uh, guys, I've always been the mindset that, you know, there, there are two 80-yard drives, okay? There's an 80-yard drive when you come out and the quarterback throws a 70-yard pass and gets you down to the 10 and then you run it in. And then there's that 80-yard drive where, you know, you're, you're back in the defensive line off the ball and you just grind it in and, you know, you're putting it on them, that sort of thing. And from a defensive point of view, that 80-yard grinded out uh, 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 drive is the one that's most demoralizing, you yeah. know, because in their mind, they're saying right now, Whew, it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day here. <laughs> you know, if you complete the long pass and – you know, dip and dunk and sneak into the end zone. You know, defense says, oh, well, you know, lucky lucky catch, you know, lucky pass, lucky completion, that sort of thing. But when you grind it down, when you go 75, 80 yards and just pushing them off the ball and grinding it down and, you know, I mean, that, that lets you know right there. You know, we're going to be in for a tough day. It's going to be a tough day out here today. So, you know, I've always been the mindset that I like quarterbacks that are dual threat, you know, but I don't want one with happy feet. Hmm. And when I say happy feet, you know, the guy that drops back in the pocket and at the first sign of trouble, he tucks the ball and he's taking off. You know, you got to have that pocket awareness, that sort of thing. From an offensive line point of view, it's good to know where your quarterback is. You mm-hmm. know, it's good to know if you're at the tackle spot and you ride your man out, you know, that that quarterback is going to step up into the pocket and, you know, give himself more time to throw, that sort of thing, as Make opposed to trying to get out, get around, trying to get around the corner, you know, and have you driving your man straight to him for the for the sack or, or for the tackle. So. You know, you, you want a dual threat type guy, I think. But like I said, you don't want a quarterback with happy feet. You want somebody back there that's got a good pocket presence that's, you know, gonna gonna take his time and, you know, survey the landscape and, and do what's necessary to get it done. And as a former old lineman, you you and your guys have to give them that time definitely to, to, to get it done. Coach Pennywell. But, but Carlos, I, I still mm-hmm. think even though you 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 got two quarterbacks. You, you you pick one, but you got to get that other quarterback enough reps so that when his number is called, he's ready to play. That's just like a point. If you got two point guards and you never played the, the second string point guard, your your first string guy goes down. Mm-hmm. That guy doesn't have the experience. He's not prepared. So I, I like. I think 
here, uh, Coach Maynard likes to make sure that both quarterbacks get experience. Uh, they're into the game so that if something happens, you don't skip a beat. And I know in basketball, I always wanted my backup point guard to be ready uh, because we would give him minutes. We'd give him the time in practice. Uh, I would let that point guard uh, have reps with the first, with the other four starters. Uh, so you have some type of continuity. So I think it's very important. Yeah, you can have two two leaders or two quarterbacks, but I think they both need some experience. Well, you know, in the grand scheme of things, most of the time you would see the backup quarterback when it's a blowout situation or the team is well ahead, get him some game experience. But I wonder how tough it is, and I guess it depends on the individual quarterback, that let's say an injury happens and you got to put that backup quarterback in. Let's say he hasn't – and I don't know how they do it in practice, do they – I, well, I know. I, I think I know a certain amount of reps goes to the, the, the starter in practice. But then that backup quarterback has to get in there. And let's say he hasn't had a lot of reps. Then does it depend on how talented that backup quarterback is and then what is his mental makeup? You know, can he come in and handle it? You know, does, would it take him a series or two to, to kind of get acclimated? I, I, I think I I, 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 you know, I'm, I ain't gonna say I beg to differ uh, on on what on what you're saying, but you know, coaches know these kids. They know the makeup of these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they know who's able to come in. I'm gonna say I ain't gonna say come in cold, but who's able to come in. You know, off that bench and provide and that it. spark that Charles was talking about that's able to walk in and handle that situation, that sort of thing. These coaches know that, you know, and, you know, while you want to get them reps, uh, you know, the bottom line is you got to get mm-hmm. that first unit pretty much clicking on all cylinders. And, uh, you know, so that's really, really the focus. But, you know, as Coach Petaway was saying, you know, you want to get the, the backup guys the minutes when, whenever possible, you know, nine times out of ten. Uh, either we're getting blown out or we're blowing somebody out. And, you know, those guys get a chance to kind of get some mop-up minutes, that sort of thing. But, you know, in practice, they're, they're getting reps. I ain't going to say they're getting just as many reps as the first team guys, but they're, they're getting reps. They're getting enough reps to uh, be mindful of the situation and know that they know that they're only an injury away from coming right. in and getting busy right now. So it's all about that mindset you know, that the coaches instill in them, you know, and, and all these guys, I, I think they're pretty much mentally prepared to go. It's just a matter of situations being what they are and, you know, being ready to get out there, that sort of thing. And then pretty much call us, it's the luck of the draw, you know, it's, 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 it's the luck of the draw. Well, I, I will say this, you know, Fred McNair said this on the record, He's all about the backup quarterback anyway. Just like mm-hmm. you said, you're one play away. So that mm-hmm. backup better that backup better be ready to go. And so Tyler Macon coming in was a starter. He gets injured. Aaron Allen comes in. And in every game, he's gotten better and better. So, you know, Fred McNair is all about who's that backup and making sure that backup is polished and ready to go. Now, I will say this about these dual threats and playing two quarterbacks. You know, I think most every coach wants to go with a guy and stick with a guy. 
And I think what you see when you're playing two quarterbacks, what does that lead to? Quarterback controversy. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any coach in this conference wants to hear that every single week. Mm-hmm. They would love to go. You would, you know, I guarantee Eric Dooley would love to sit there at that podium on Tuesday at 11 o'clock and say, Harold Blood is my guy. I'm sticking with him. Period. That's but what he says. Can I get it done? Then another mm-hmm. guy's got to get it done. And now all of a sudden, mm-hmm. he gets it done. He's got the hot hand. You go back to blood. And now these questions come up every single week. Coaches don't want to deal with that every single week. Not in this mm-hmm. conference anyway. Now, mm-hmm. Nick, Nick, Nick Saban might be able to deal with it and handle it. <laughs> Coaches in this conference don't, in my opinion, don't want to deal with that every week. They want to go with a guy and stick with a guy, whether it's blood, whether it's Aaron Allen, whether it's Tyler Macon. Uh, whatever the case may be, they want to go with a guy and stick with them. Because when you have two and you're juggling back and forth, then as us, as podcasters, as broadcasters, as journalists, we're going to ask the question, who's going to be your quarterback? You got a quarterback controversy? You got a quarterback controversy. Coaches don't want to deal with that. Not in this league. In well, well, guess but, what? If, 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 well, guess what? In my opinion, you haven't had that in Baton Rouge. I'm here in Baton Rouge. Blood is the quarterback, Coach Dooley, and to the detriment, sometimes people are hollering for the backup quarterback. But Dooley sticks to his starter. Case in point, uh-oh, I don't want to open up a can of words last year. <laughs> what, what happened? What happened? They were hollering for the backup quarterback. But anyway, all of this started about saying, hey, you hope that your quarterbacks are playing up to the expectation that you want them to. And then if they don't, because at the bottom line, head coaches are paid to win. And then they're going to have to start doing all kinds of things to get that position right. Quarterback is equivalent to the point guard on the basketball team. Right. And it's so important, and you've got to have good play. I'm not a head coach, but ideally, I fall in the line of I want my quarterback starter to get better every week, mm-hmm. improve, and I'm sticking with that. You, you're rolling the dice when you have to go back and forth with quarterbacks. You really are. And that's just one aspect of, of, of the team. You know, then, you know, defense, special teams, you got all of that. But when you when your quarterback's not playing well, it sets the barometer for a lot of things to make it where – you may not have a good season if it continues that way. Yeah, see, now, all, all, of our school, all of our schools in the same predicament because here right now, uh, Casey's our starter, Xavier Langford, you know, despite his injury, when he gets uh, healthy enough to play again, now they, that's going to create a, uh, a serious problem for Coach Maynard because, uh, you know, he, he was the number one guy coming out of camp and he – I don't think you lose the spot because you get injured. So I think right. he'll be able to get yeah. it back. But uh, I think all the schools in the squad right now in terms of football are having that same issue. Fans want to know, you know, is that backup quarterback the guy? Well, first of all, is the starter that, that you put out there, is that the real guy? Or should we be going without backup quarterback? That's why they both have to be prepared. They both have to be prepared. And because by the way, I'm I'm gonna be I'm 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 gonna be the dissenting voice uh, here. You know, my thought has always been: I mean, if if you get hurt, you know, uh, you know, you you got hurt. I don't think it guarantees that 
you you get back out there and get the starting position when you get well. If the man that has replaced you, it's just me talking. It's if the man that has better. replaced you is getting it done, if he's getting it done, and let's say we've gone on a win streak and won two, three, four games in a row, you know, the, the coach in me is not going to disrupt the magic, mm-hmm. quote unquote, that I feel is going on at that particular time. I, I'm not going to make that change. Now, some coaches may, you know, but if, if the ship is sailing well, you know, then I, I got to pull the former starting quarterback aside and say, you know, look, on the normal circumstances, we will probably get be getting you back out there. But things are really going well right now. The guy that's in front of you is really playing well right now. And, you know, I really don't feel comfortable disrupting the ship. You know, and hopefully you understand, you know, where, where we're coming from. You know, and I'm sure there'll be a point in time during the rest of the season when you will get back out there. You just got to be ready. The roles are reversed. It's unfortunate that you got hurt, but injuries are part of the game. You know, and we all know there there are no guarantees in sport. There's just no there's just no guarantees. So the unwritten rule is okay to have, you know, but if I'm on a roll, nah, I can't I can't see making a change. It just won't there's something in me that just won't allow that to happen. But I understand right. where you're coming from, Coach Frederick. Right, right. I do. You know, different philosophies for different coaches. I mm-hmm. I was always of the mindset that if you earn that starting position and you you sacrifice your body and get you got hurt for us, that spot is still there when you get back. That's just me. That's the way I've done it mm-hmm. over my career. Mm-hmm. Uh because I, I think you 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 earn that you earn the right to be the starter with what you've done up until that point. And if we're doing well as a team with you as a starter, when you come back, I expect to put you back in that position. Hmm. Because you, you got hurt doing what we asked you to do. You got hurt. You sacrificed your body for our university. So that's the way I've always done. I tell you, Coach. It's called riding what Wheeler Brown is talking about. It's called riding the hot hand. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the quarterback position, you ride <laughs> the, hot, the hot hand. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. It's hurt. Brock Purdy, uh, you can just name it. I mean, hey, whatever the hot hand is at the quarterback position, coaches' jobs are on the line. Like somebody said in the NFL, a quarterback's arm, you've got a whole bunch of people whose jobs are responsible for that quarterback. GMs, coaches. So you ride the hot hand when it comes mm-hmm. to the quarterback position, whatever that hot hand may be. It, it may be Harold Blood. It may be someone else. It may be Tyler Macon. It may be Aaron Allen. Whoever the hot hand is, Right now, Aaron Allen has the hot hand. Yeah, we didn't win last week. You know, we had some issues there. Special teams, Fred McNair said disappointing in all three phases. Got to clean those up today at 5 mm-hmm. o'clock. We're going to win. But at the quarterback position, you ride the hot hand, whoever that may be. And I mm-hmm. think that that's the way it is in football at all levels. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think I'm going to side with uh, Coach Penaway there. Because if he's playing well, and he happened to get injured and making a sacrifice for the team, then he's owed the right to at least come back as a starter. Now, if he was playing bad and he got injured, that, 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 that's another <laughs> that's another that's another story. So I guess we're in the, I think we're in the deadlock with that one, two to two. But that's all right. Yeah, uh, boy, and, and Wheeler. Then you know, I, I got to look at a parent. I got to talk to the parent who might 
one of them, hey, he was playing well. We were on the winning streak, and then he got hurt, and now the other guy's hot. I understand that. But now you got to explain that to me. But Will is the guy you are. I know you could explain. And that's okay. That very got no, well. Got no problem. Got no problem explaining that at all. What can Brown do for you? <laughs> no, none whatsoever. No, no whatsoever. You know, and it's not that we don't appreciate the sacrifices that have been made. That's oh, not what we're saying at all. You know, but this is a team decision, not an individual decision. This is a decision that the coach is making at the particular time that I feel is for the best and the best interest of the team, you know, and, and not necessarily the, the individual. Does it stink? Yeah, it probably does. And, you know, I understand, you know, your feelings, uh, Miss Brown and Mr. Brown. I understand where you're coming from, that sort of thing. But, you know, the team is really playing well right now. And, uh, you know, if we're all team players, you know, then, then we, we understand that, you know, the, the essence of being on a team is the fact that, you know, you know, the injuries are part of the game. When you go down, somebody else steps in and steps up, you know, then you have to continue to work hard, continue to do the things that Coach Petaway said that got you to start in position in the first place, you know, and coaches always say cream will rise back to the top. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. You know, it might not be necessarily when you want it to be, you know, but, you know, now you have to put yourself in a position that when your time is ready, when your numbers call, you going back out there and play and play at the same level that you did that got you to start in position in the first place. And now you grab a hold of that position. You lock that position down and it's your position pretty much all, all over again. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, just my thought. Well, well no, I, I understand. And guess what? That was convincing, Willie. I mean, and, and, and as a parent, I would say, well, son, you know, hey, it is for the team, but you're not a quitter and you never quit. And when the opportunity comes again, you be ready. Mm-hmm. Very, very convincing, Willie. Very professional. I could deal with that. Now, if Charles was the coach and said it, I may have another problem. But uh, <laughs> because, because, I like to, because I like to pick with Charles. But anyway, uh, let's switch now. Let's switch gears, and then we're gonna come back to uh, our swag um, recap and schedule. Coach Petaway, I had to. I'm very deeply disappointed. I said on this show for several months that Damon Lillard would be in Miami. Albeit how I feel about it, I have to ask you, where were you the last week? You, I, 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 I'm faithful that you didn't tamper. I'm not sure about <laughs> Will Brown. I'm not sure about Charles. <laughs> but uh, my phone started ringing. I was at work, text messages, Damon Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks. Let me say this. Portland Trailblazers organization, you're just peachy. You didn't want to trade Damon to where he wanted to go? Okay, I accept that. I've had people to tell me, well, the GM and the owner, they have to do what's best for their organization. I can understand that. But all I'm going to say is this. 
Loyalty, what is that? I know what it means. Throw that out the book. Damon was loyal to Portland, did everything, helped him out. Um, the last contract, he could have opted out. Of course, he got more money, but he helped Portland. And now when he wanted to go somewhere else, they said no. Then he wanted to come back to Portland if he couldn't come to Miami. You knew that wasn't going to happen. And so what does that say about loyalty? Some of my friends say loyalty. What is that word? It means nothing. For the player, get your money, get it, be selfish, and do for yourself. But anyway, Coach Petaway, Dan Wheeler, we've heard of Charles' comments, and look at that smirk on his face. He's got a smirk on his face about Miami. Go ahead, Coach Petaway. No, no, I, I think I think Portland wanted too much from Miami. That's why they couldn't pull the trade off. And and I feel like that after a month or so, when they didn't get the deal done within a month, you knew it was a re the reason behind that was because they, they were going to have to mortgage the team to get him in there. Because if you just had he and Butler, that was not going to be enough. And and I think that Portland wanted too much uh, in return from Miami's roster in order to pull that deal off. But, but now that three-way deal, that's helped three different teams. That deal has helped three different teams. Now Miami is in trouble right now. They need some more pieces. And it's kind of late to be trying to get them. Because they well, held on to the thought that, yes, we might be able to pull this off. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. And I guarantee you, when it'll come out, they wanted this too much for Pat to pull the trigger. Miller? For me, the question would be who initiated the trade talks, that sort of thing. Was it that that Damon wanted to get out of Portland, you know, or was it that Portland was just looking to move him on and get some better pieces uh, around what they have, that sort of thing. Because if it's a thing of uh, Damon wanting to get out of Portland, even though he's played, I don't know how many years there, that sort of thing, when you have expressed an interest in moving on, you know, to me, that means that you no longer want to be a part of my organization. You know, so if things don't work out to where I can't necessarily move you where you would like to go, I've still got to move you, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere. It's, it's just not going to be a good fit, I think, for you to come back, especially if you have expressed the notion that, you know, pretty much you don't want to be here anymore. You want to be elsewhere, that sort of thing things don't work out and then you come back. It's just some issues there. You know, I, I have the same uh, uh, mindset, Carlos, with the transfer portal, that sort of thing. When a kid comes in and he wants to test the waters, that sort of thing, what he's told you is that he no longer wants to be a part of your program. He wants to go somewhere else where he thinks, you know, the grass may be greener, that sort of thing. For me, for, to allow that kid to put himself out there and test those waters and then nothing develops for that kid, but then you accept that kid back and you give him a scholarship back, that sort of thing. I think you've done something to the fabric of the team that you have in place. You know, you have to now explain 
you know, to somebody, you know, why that necessarily took place. You know, so I kind of look at it from that right there. If it was a thing of Portland just wanting to move this kid and things didn't work out and, you know, the kid want to stay in Portland and requested that, you know, he'd be able to come back to Portland, then I, I thought they probably should have abided by his wishes and, and kept them if at all possible. You know, but if it's the other way around, if Damon wanted to get out of there, you know, even though he'd been there 12 years or what have you, you know, if he wanted to get out of there and, and things didn't work right in terms of the next destination, for you to come back, I, I think it's just kind of throwing salt in the yeah, wound. Yeah, that won't that sort of thing. So that to me, that that would not be would not have been a a, a good mix. So uh, that's pretty much mm-hmm. what I stand with that. No, I understand. Um, but I guess you know, if you look at it, guys, a very good lesson can be learned, especially if you're a young player. I wouldn't sign a long term contract. I would not. I keep my options open, and you continue to work hard for whoever drafts you. And always be a team player. But at the end of the day, you have to take care of self first. Mm-hmm. And that's the lesson, I guess, I've learned with this as well in, in the NBA. It's a business, and they're going to let you know it's a business. So get yours. Miami will be all right. You know, you hear some things about Drew Holiday, but now with Portland – him being at Portland, Coach Petaway, their relationship is not good with Miami. I he he would like to be in Miami, but I've said, doesn't that sound like the same record? He wants to be there, but will he will he get there? I don't think you cause I don't think you choose between loyalty and and getting a paycheck. You know, I, I you think, take the paycheck. I, I think you get there. There's no doubt about that. You know, there's no doubt about that. You know, we all know that the the, the NBA, NFL uh, lifespan is, is very slim. You know, we know that you got to get whatever it is that you can get in a short period of time that, you, that you're getting it in. You know, if, if you want to give a home team discount. Uh-oh. Yep. I, but, but I, 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 think... didn't, I didn't do that. Okay, I'm way. back. <laughs> if you think you're going to give the home team discounts and, you know, they're going to take care of you four and five years down the road, that sort of thing, you know, you, you just, you kind of kidding yourself. You can't really bank on that, you know? So, I mean, you have to go in with the mindset that as you stated, you know, it's a business and these are business decisions that we're making you know, for the, for the, for the good of our families and, and things of that nature. And, and that, that's how, you know, that's the mindset we got to approach it with. Yep. I, I'll get over it. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go to Tibet. I'm not going to become a monk. I'm not going to go on a hunger strike. That was the first thing I thought it is reality, but we'll be all right. Well, if I can, yeah. let me switch gears. It's another basketball question and um joseph says carlos did you all discuss the southern women's basketball non-conference schedule well i i just saw southern's women basketball schedule but specifically in my was trending it was the non-conference schedule and here we go again i'm not hopefully i won't run my blood pressure up 
Coach Petaway, from a coaching standpoint, Wheeler, I I can pull it up. I, I wanted to put it up on the screen. But guess what? Here we go. Here's Southern's non-conference schedule. The exhibition, Louisiana Christian. I know some people saying, who are they? <laughs> They've appeared on the schedule before. At TCU, at UNLV, at Arizona, at Western Illinois. Come on. Western Illinois, that should be home. At Illinois, at Valparaiso. Uh-oh, wait a minute. At Marquette, at Mississippi State, Southeastern at home, Champion Christian. Wow. At Tulane, Wiley College, and Ecclesia College. Oh, that's very attractive. But I'll say this. <laughs> it looks it looks familiar. It looks similar. Um And this is the men's schedule, Carlos? Yeah, that's non-conference. Okay. I will say this, and we've had Coach Johnson on here several times, Coach Petaway. And he inherited that schedule. But once again, I'm going to be excited. I know it's guaranteed games. Charles is going to tell me no coach is hired or fired because it's only on the conference games, which I'm so sick of him. I'm just sick of him. It could be the truth. It could be the truth. Know, I don't, I don't, wait a minute, Willa. I don't like it. I don't like it. Shameful, shameful. I think but, you, know, but you know, Carlos, Carlos he's got the one of the ones on that. It starts out that way when you first get there. They only worried about the conference, your, your conference record. But mm -hmm. in year two or three, they look at that overall record. And that is going to include your non-conference schedule. And that's where a lot of us, that's where we have a problem because it, it's not good when you play that many uh, guarantee games. I don't see uh, any blowouts on that schedule, Carlos. I don't see any we're outmanned, outgunned to the point where we're gonna lose by thirty-five and forty. I I don't see I don't see anybody on the on the schedule with that. You know, plus you know you're looking at maybe bringing in a half million dollars in guarantees, Carlos, that you definitely need. There's no doubt about that. You know, and if I can use that yeah. schedule, you know, and 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 not get my butt chewed on a, on a regular basis, and still bring in half a million, that's that's kind of like a win-win there, that. Carlos. You know, I, I, mean, I think I, the seven hundred thousand dollar guarantee. All of those games that that you talked about, you're not talking about Duke. You're not talking no, about UConn. No, you're you're talking about some very solid, solid, solid mid major, high major schedules in exactly. which you're going to get six figures. Exactly. Wait, wait, minute, 80, go, 90. Go, 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 away. My, my, wait a minute. Let me rub my eyes. Let's see. Uh, UNLV, Arizona. Not talking about Duke. Illinois, Texas Christian, who, by the way, very good. Illinois, I, Coach Johnson, I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit. You got you inherited that schedule. Now I got Willer, AD Willer Brown, who's going to take. He's going to take it because that's bringing in money to the program, the athletic program, right? 
moniker. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm against playing those games. All I'm just—it's the amount of them. That's too many. I texted you. It's, it's, definitely, it's definitely too many, Carlos. There's no doubt about that. It's definitely too many. You know, but I'm sure that Coach Banks had a, a dollar figure in mind. You know, when he put the schedule together and he figured out exactly how many of those games it was going to take to reach that dollar figure. Yeah, so I I think that was the gist of it, but I really don't see, I really don't see them getting beat up, banged up, you know, with that, with that out of conference schedule. I I just don't see it. I mean, even with Arizona being on there and, you know, a couple of the other guys that you you just mentioned, I I just don't see the being out muscled, out physical on a, on a night in, night out basis to the point where I'm actually worried about not just the physical health of my players, but the, but the mental health, you know, I, I think, you know, you're a good coach, you know, you pumping them up, that sort of thing and stuff. And hell, I, I feel like we, we got a shot every time we step out there, you know, and I'm going to relay that to them kids. We're going out here. We're going to put the best face mm-hmm. forward. You know, we're going to scheme and game plan and do whatever it is that we need to do. You know, and and, and we're, we're going to try to bring the W home. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I know, you know, we're about to get, we're trying to get this check, you know, so if things get out of hand and I need to go with some of these other kids, that sort of thing, then, then we do so. But, uh, I mean, Carlos, it, it, it is what it is on that one. Until you change the game, you know, and what I mean, you know, what I mean by change the game is until, you know, you're no longer dependent on those kinds of dollars, you know, then it, it's, it's just a fact of life. It's just the way, you know, that, that, that we're going to have to go. So are you saying we'll, if, we'll, Coach Banks, if Coach Banks goes out and raises $500,000 that he wouldn't need to play any more guaranteed games? Is that is that the mindset, Carlos? Yes. Just a thought. Just, yes. <laughs> just a yes. Thought. Uh-uh. I mean <laughs> – Part, part, part of the qualifications is unless you have a strong staff and somebody has a business background that and, and marketing can get out and help do it, I think it would just help a little bit if you can raise some money where you won't have to play so many. Coach Petaway, help me out. I'm, I'm, if I had to have, I'd pull it out. Well, Carlos, I agree with you. I- I think you have to do it in moderation. I, I don't. I've never believed in playing your entire non-conference schedule on the road or playing it in all guarantee games. I think you have to have a healthy balance, and, I, and, and to me, that that helps not only uh, it helps your players mentally if you have a balance. But when you put those kids out there for twelve or thirteen straight road games, that is not good for them for the rest of the season. That's why a lot of teams that do that, unless they have a veteran ball club, they don't do well in the conference schedule. If you got a veteran team, you might get away with that. You know, Texas Southern did that for years. But you have to be careful. I think you got to have a balance. Let, let me ask Wheeler Brown a question about, about mm-hmm. what you talked about, the guarantee game. So the figure that, that you talked about, $700,000, is, mm-hmm. is that something that as an AD, do they come up with that? Or is that kind of a – a, a figure that is being brought to them by the VP of finance who's looking at dollars for not only athletics, but the whole university. 
that's I probably well, num- number one. Number one is something that you know you are looking at from an athletic director point of view because you're expecting all your monies to go into the department. You know, when you're building a budget, mm. Charles, you're the AD, and you're building a budget. When you're the athletic director and you're building the budget, and let's say you know you're trying to get to a budget of let's just throw out a figure, twelve million dollars. You know, then you're breaking that down in terms of where those particular dollars are going to come from. Okay, so you're looking at uh, the guarantee situation as dollars that are going into the athletic budget. When you put that seven hundred thousand or five hundred thousand dollar figure on the budget sheet, okay, that's monies that is going to the athletic department. This is not monies that. You, that is going to the general fund of the university. Okay, this is part of your athletic budget. You know, and so you want to make sure that you're able to cover all that because Charles, you're really playing with house money. The money hadn't got there yet. You know, so you you really doing things on loan from the university. Okay, and as the checks come in, you know, then you're you know you're you're making the balance sheet do pretty much what it needs to do so it's a it's a figure that from an athletic point of view you and your business manager for athletics you know are coming up with that particular figure and then you're trying to see you know and what number of games can we play in order to get this figure you know if i if i can get this figure in six games okay then uh, Coach Johnson or Coach Petaway, that gives you the, the other six or seven games or what have you to, you know, kind of play with, mix and match, get some home, you know, get some home people in here and, and all that sort of thing. But, yeah. you know, if if 600000 is the firm figure or 700000 is the firm figure and you getting a late jump on this to the point where the big money games are already, you know, kind of taken – yeah, so you got to put together a lot of mid-major type of things in order to come up with that figure. Then you're going to get the kind of schedule that Southern has pretty much, pretty much right now. Oh, yeah, so I, 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 I'm about to be ill. I, I really am. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know, you, you know, because but, but my question is, and I, I understand that. How much goes? you think goes back into the basketball program. I know Texas Southern, we've heard that they, you know, pretty much all of the proceeds went into that, but uh, we got to change it, though. Uh, Will, you do agree, though, we we need a a, a change of format, and uh, we got people in the the chat room saying, you know, uh, MTFG Clark Activity Center does not free your team up to generate its revenue at home on on, on one end all of that seven hundred thousand dollars it, it was just say for the sake of argument it does well it helps the athletic department continue to function operate but on the back side nobody's coming to the game you know how we are you know how mm-hmm. we are if we've got a eight and four record that's much better than a four and eight and a two and ten. It just kills the spirit. But you got money in the athletic department, not specifically, 
to the basketball program, but it just kills the morale somewhat. Uh, Carlos, you damn if you do, Carlos, and no, you know, Carlos, you damn if you do, and you damn if you don't. You know, there is no cut and dry formula, say right now, that's going to please all the masses. It's 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 just not there. You know, there's there's no formula right now that you know I'm going to be able to bring in six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars and still have seven home games during the during the preseason that's just not going to that's, that's just not going to happen and and you know that going so like i said you got to try to find that happy medium in there somewhere you know but you're not just playing for basketball okay you're playing for soccer you're playing for tennis you're playing for golf you're playing for track and field you know that that sort of thing. So you know you're playing, you're helping to to pay for all those sports who can't generate revenue themselves. You just happen to be the cash cow at at, at that particular time. So while we don't want to milk you dry, you know we do have to milk you. And you know it's 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 a sad thing to say, Carlos, but it's a, it's a state of affairs that that we're in, kind of. And, yeah. and we're in a situation, Carlos. I look at Southern schedule. Those games that those games that you mentioned, Arizona. That's a six-figure payday. Illinois. That's a, probably a six-figure, uh, probably ninety thousand, maybe a mm-hmm. six-figure payday. Mm-hmm. And a loss. Hey, that was Mo Carter there. Tell Mo Well, yeah. I, I, I wonder how much money. Yeah, Mo's in the house. Mo's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so what, with that. Huh? What, <laughs> what, what, what are the other games on the schedule? You said Illinois, Arizona. What, what are the other games? Marquette. Six you, you you, Probably you know that, you know, you, you know that at the bottom of the totem pole, they're not good teams. See, I'm looking, and believe it or not, I'm the one that says, Reverend Ike says the lack of money is the root of all evil. <laughs> I, I understand that. But I guess I'm just saying, because we're running out of time here, a happy medium. That's what I'm looking at. I, You know, and, and I've got an email from a guy who said, you'd break the athletic department if you limit those type of games. Well, guess what? Somebody will have to get off their tongue. Touch and get it done. Well, see, Jaguar Nation's got to, they got to be patient with Coach Johnson. He inherited that schedule. You know, going, well, that's what I know, said. So, yep. That's what well, I said. But really, I don't really I don't see it getting better in the future. You know, so Coach Johnson is really just getting a taste of, I think, the way things are probably going to be moving forward. You know, un- unless, you know, he has some connections to where he can get uh, money out of some of those bottom feeders, you know, it, it's pretty much going to be the same mechanism pretty much moving forward, you know, unless he has that conversation with Coach Bank in terms of limiting the number uh, uh, in terms of guaranteed dollars that he needs to bring in. Okay. I mean, I, I, don't see it, I don't see it getting any better. And, and then, Carlos, the other question is, how much, how much communication is there in basketball when you're aging and basketball coach, men and or women, in terms of crafting the schedule? Like for Alcorn, for example, we only have one game at home in non-conference. Xavier. Shane. Shane. Xavier. Wow. Clay, 
That's another it. world, another world beater. Go ahead. <laughs> Save me. That's it. We open up with Arkansas. Coach Bussy's going back home. He's from Maryland. We're playing Maryland in December. Um, and so, you know, we we we've got a very tough schedule. We play Arkansas State, which is winnable, UAB. Um, so I mean, there's some mid-major games in there which you're gonna get 75, 80. But you know, you have to look at all that too, like Wheeler Brown said. I mean, you can you're gonna for Southern, you got four, three or four six-figure paydays there. You got all these games, so that tells you what how much money is maybe needed for those guaranteed games. That's probably eight hundred thousand dollars. I'm just gonna, mm-hmm. I'm just guessing, eight hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars for all those games. You add it all up, you got four six-figure paydays and others. It's about eight hundred grand. I think. Your family, right, but here's the thing: how much of that is coming back to the basketball program? My question, my question would be this. What is it that basketball needs that it doesn't have? What, what is it that it needs that it doesn't have? Do they, do they have Where do we start? Well, I mean, but that's that's something that that's something that Coach Johnson needs to sit down and have that conversation with, with Coach Banks also. You know, I mean, you know, we're playing these guarantee games, that sort of thing. But, you know, I need X, Y, and Z for my program. More, you know, more can we, coaches? I, 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 need 20, I need 20%, you know, 20% off the top. That's just <laughs> off the top, 20%. I see Willis laughing because he but knows. But you got to tell, tell me what that 20% means. Recruiting, you got to explain budget. to me I, I need another extra uh, assistant coach. Or I need two or three more shooting machines, or you know, I need this, I need that, that sort of thing. I need to be able to spend an extra night somewhere or something like that. You got to be detailed to me. Don't just tell me I need twenty percent. <laughs> that's not enough for me. That, that's I, I'm sorry, Carlos. That, that's just not enough for me. I, I can't, you know, I can't operate like that. You got to put it out there in no uncertain terms, and you know, maybe we come to an agreement where. Ultimately, I give you ten percent or twelve percent or oh, you know that, something something that, to that effect. That, that's kind, wait, wait, that's called negotiating. Just, but, just yeah, but I mean, I mean, I twenty five percent, and I'll be detailed. I'm not gonna slap you down. You know that's for sure. I'm not. I'm not gonna slap you down. You know, I'm not gonna slap you down. We're gonna talk about these things. You know, but, but I need to see. I need a detailed list of exactly what it is that you're trying to do. All right, hey fellas. Now you know, a couple of weeks ago we started talking about sellouts and hard sellouts and all that. Alabama and three, three, three days ago they announced that this game was sold out today. Yeah. Carlos, now we're playing Tuskegee, a Division Two program, but there's more interest for a Tuskegee game than some of the the other schools in the squad. Like if you bring Texas, uh, Texas Southern in here, they cannot sell out this place. But there are, there are certain Division two teams that produce money. And Tuskegee is one of them in the state of Alabama. Miles is another one. So, so we got a hard sellout. And it took me almost uh, an hour to move one mile because I got caught in the trap. So, wow. there, so there's money to be made today, and it's not with a conference opponent. Yeah. That's a I, good thing. It is a good thing. Yeah. I, I was going to say, Carlos, quickly that, you know, usually sellouts and swag football don't go together. But what we're seeing here <laughs> over the last few weeks, 
sellouts in swag football, hard sellout in Baton Rouge, hard sellout in Huntsville, and just what we talked about earlier, FAMU, Prairie View, and Tallahassee sold out. So I'm glad to see that, and I hope that trend continues. Well, it's no secret. Homecoming usually is the most lucrative, right, Will? Uh, yeah, definitely. But all now, of our homecomings haven't been sellouts, though. Yeah, well, but the challenge is, good point, Coach. The point is to, to get better with that and then have other games besides the homecoming because then that can help. Then we won't have to be getting – we won't have to be scheduling 12 away games in basketball. My God. I, I'm just not sold on that. Quickly, because we've got a minute left. It's been an interesting discussion. Um, SWAC recap last week. North Carolina Central over Valley, 45-3. to FAMU over Alabama State, 23-10. to JSU will struggle with BCU, 22-16. <laughs> they dropped the number three now in the poll. Uh, in the power rankings in the conference. Uh, Grambling State over TSU, 35 to 23. Offensively, outstanding, but I'm still not sold on Grambling yet. PV, overall point stand in the last second field goal, 23 to 20. PV, it seems to be in the driver's seat in the West. So far. Today, FAMU and Mississippi Valley State. Roll FAMU, Alabama and and Tuskegee. Tough one. I think Alabama and them gets it done. Texas Southern over Lincoln. Southern at UAPB. I got Southern winning it. We shall see. Alabama State and Alcorn, 5 p.m., a big one. Alabama State and Alcorn, both defensively good. I'm going with the home team. Alabama State gets it done. That's right, Charles. And uh, Grandma State and Prairie View. Wow. Grandma State offensively getting it done defensively. Still a challenge. I like PV again this week to strengthen that hole in the Western Division. And, of course, Jackson State Open. Quickly, closing comments. If you agree, disagree with something I said, have at it. Well, I just, just want to say this. It's been a great day. It's a great day here in Huntsville. Beautiful weather. The crowd's already coming in. And I'm just going to say go Bulldogs. <laughs> Will I, I'll say I'll say this: the middle of the road in the SWAC is the middle of the road. You know, so Alabama <laughs> State, you no know, guys, Alabama State, Pine Bluff, you know, <laughs> probably a few other in there somewhere. Charles, they middle of the road. They are gonna stay in the middle of the road <laughs> for the for the for the time being at least. And for us to think that we can expect anything other than middle of the road right now. <laughs> I, I, I think it's fool's gold right now. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm with the, the blue bloods, the traditional blue bloods, you know, the fam use the JSUs, the Southerns, <laughs> that sort of thing. I'm, I'm, I'm with the blue bloods, you know, for the, for the remainder of the, of the time the remainder of the schedule. And so we, we just, we just see from there. I wish all those other squads. Well, don't get me wrong. You know, but as it was that Bill Parcell said, you are what your record says you are. They are who they are, uh, Carlos. They are, for, for the time being, anyway. I'm going to call you Wheeler Hardliner Brown. <laughs> Charles, and then I'll yeah. quickly wrap up. Yeah, quickly. I think in the Western Division, Carlos, you and I in the West, it's a big weekend. It's a big day in Dallas. That Grambling Prairie View game, 
If Grambling wins that game, the West is open for business. It opens it up for Southern, puts Alcorn back in it. Southern's in control. So that's a big game in Dallas coming up tonight. I'm looking forward to that one. Looking forward to seeing if the Braves can get back on track. Another loss right now, the first month of the season. Ain't going to help matters any. And I'll just simply say it's been a pleasure. I like the dialogue between all of us. We agree on some points. We disagree on others. But that's what makes life so well. I want to thank everyone out there for tuning in. Let the conversation continue. And until next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. As always, peace. And God bless. <laughs> <laughs>